It's a very easy day, Baruch Hashem. Today's a very pleasant day. So, we're up to the bottom of Samach Dal Ramadeh. It's a very easy daf today. The Mishnah was listing um, foods that the husband has to give to his wife, and it listed oil, but it, the one omission was wine. Wine, which was a, like a staple back then, is not listed as the food that the husband has to give his wife uh, weekly. So it says the Gemara, So it says, doesn't say anything about wine. So this backs up at the beginning of Samachay. We do not give uh, wine to women because wine gets people drunk. Drunk does leads to mistakes. So we don't give wine to women. It's not a good idea. Men probably shouldn't have wine either, but definitely women shouldn't have wine. The Gemara says, and if you'll say, I, the Pasuk says. So right now we're saying there's a rule that we generally do not give wine to women. By the way, I can say even from a personal standpoint, every once in a while there'll be like women that'll go over to like the kiddush and like it. It's a, it's, it's not, a, it's not a, the most becoming thing. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's disgusting for men. It's definitely disgusting for women. So, yeah. So I just heard this on um, Rabbi Savansky's. Yeah. He what said, um, Zachara, I mean Nekeva plus Yain equals Zachara. No, oh, okay, fair, fair enough. All right. Nekeva plus Yain is Gematria Zachar. <laughs> Meaning it leads to it leads to men. Meaning wine with women leads to men. Means right. list uh, listen, it's it's posh. It leads to bad things. So here's the kasha. So the kasha is so we don't give wine or, to women. Or, or or it can mean that the women would start acting like men. Yeah, yeah, it's, what, it's all these, you know, which means men should probably stop acting like men. So the Gemara says Akasha. The Gemara says, here's the problem. The problem is in time the Pesach says, this is a Pesach in Hosea. The Pesach says, Elcha achare me'avai, I'll go after my beloved. Nois lachmi, those who give me bread. Umeimai and water. Tzamri, pishti, they give me wool. They give me linen. Shamni, they give me oil. Vishakuye. Shakuye usually means to drink. And we've already listed water, so it must be wine. So the Pesach describes a, a woman going after wine. So you see that it's not so terrible. So the Gemara says, no, Shakuya doesn't mean wine. It's Dvarm She'isha Mishtekekes Alein. Shakuya means desire. It means things that women have desire after, which is Tachshitin, which is jewelry. So the Pesach is not actually referring to wine at all. It's referring to giving a woman jewelry. Nifurchayel, there's a title. How do I know that it's not appropriate for women to be drinking wine? Shenamah the pasuk says regarding Chana. The pasuk says that when Chana they, they were in Shilo, they were by the Mishkan. It says that they left after she drank, after she ate, and after he drank. So the pasuk specifically says he drank. The implication is shasai shasas, that he drank and she did not drink. So the pasuk says she ate and it says he drank. Why? Because she didn't drink. Because it's not appropriate for a woman to drink wine. says, "Okay, you're going to in the pasuk so clearly that because it says he drank, it means she didn't drink, but it also says she ate. That means that her husband all kind of didn't didn't eat at all. That's unlikely." So you, maybe the pasuk is not uh, doesn't really mean don't read too much to, into it. So the Gemara says no. Anon medishani The diuk is not the fact that it says he as opposed to she. It's more it's deeper than that. The pasuk the context of the pasuk is about Chana. It's a story about Chana, and therefore the entire pasuk is talking about female, 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 female. And then all of a sudden by drinking it says he drank. So it's not that. 
the fact that the Pasuk says she ate does not mean to the exclusion of her husband, because the Pasuk is talking about her. But the fact that it says she ate and then he drank, the implication is she did not drink. Because drinking for women is not as appropriate. The Gemara says, Why does it say he drank, even though the entire Pasuk is talking about her? You see that uh, he drank, her husband drank, and she did not drink. So here's the kasha. So right now we're saying we generally do not give wine to women. May so have a kasha. The Brisa says regila. Now the, the the rule is that after a woman, uh, after her husband passes away, she gets fed by the estate, which means the bezdin has to decide how much money and what to give her. So the Brisa is describing what to give a woman, and it says regila. If she normally drinks, nicenla, you give her. So you see that if a woman is used to alcohol, you do give her wine. So the answer is regila shani. And says, yeah, because she's used to alcohol. I mean, we're afraid that alcohol will make her act inappropriate. If she has a high tolerance, if she used to drink when she was married with her husband, she has a tolerance, so we're not as worried. Damar of Hananiah Barkan Amr Shmuel. As our Shmuel said, Regila, look at the words of Shmuel. Regila, if she's used to drinking, we give her one cup of wine. Shein Regila, if she's not used to drinking, we give her two kaisas. That doesn't make sense. If she's used to drinking, give her one cup. If she's not used to drinking, give her two. That doesn't make sense. Micah Amr, what are you talking about? Amr by Hachikamr, there are words missing. Regila, again, if she's used to drinking in front of her husband, then we know that she has a tolerance. So we're willing to give her wine even when her husband's not present. Obviously, when her husband's present, we're much less afraid of anything inappropriate happening because, first of all, he's there. But also, if she wants to have uh, relations with a man, she'll go to her husband. So when she's used to drinking two cups with her husband, then we'll give her one cup when her husband's not around. Meaning, if her husband uh, you know, is traveling or, or died, we'll give her one cup because... She has a high tolerance. We're not going to give her the same amount because her husband's not there, but we'll give her, we'll give her one cup. If when she's drinking with her husband, she only drinks one cup, so she doesn't have a high tolerance at all, we don't give her any alcohol. So that's what it means when it says that we give her wine. It's talking about a case where she's normal, where she has a high tolerance because she drinks with her husband. So the Gemara says, another answer. Regila, when it says that when she's used to drinking, we give her wine, it doesn't mean to drink, it means we give her wine to cook with. We give her wine to cook with, so when it says that we give her wine, and she's used to it, it's not referring to wine for drinking, we never give women wine for drinking if there's no, it's a mistake. What we'll do is we'll give her wine for cooking, if she's used to wine for cooking, we'll give her wine for cooking. Uh, that was considered a higher end. And this is the general rule. The general rule is that when Bezdin decides how much she should get from the estate, we look at her wealth status, cooking with wine was not a common thing back then, it was done for the elite so if she's chashiv, we'll give her wine for cooking we know Magdima Megurian was one of the wealthiest Jews at the time of the Rav Akiva, the end of the Chorban, and he was very very wealthy, he was a chashiv so his daughter-in-law, after his son passed away, his daughter-in-law was trying to be taken care of from the estate. So Bezdin has to decide how much to give her. So, They gave her two saws of wine for cooking every week, which is a lot because she was, uh, again, she was an elite person and she was used to it. So so she said to the Rabbanim after they gave her that wine, that your, your daughter should be wealthy enough that they should also be zeicha to wine. Oh, it's a nice bracha. But says the Gemara Tana, Shemeris Yavam Omen. She was a widow who was in the process of waiting to do Yivam, so they did not answer Amen. Because while the bracha's intention was that your daughter should be as wealthy as I am, 
it also, it's, if a widow says when she gets money from the estate, as Hashem, your daughter should be like this as well, you don't really answer Amen because you don't want your daughter to be a widow taking money from the estate. So they didn't answer Amen, even though her intention was to say the, the, the wealth part, they didn't want to answer Amen because it had other connotations as well, and you don't want to answer Amen to a bracha that you don't actually want to get. So Tana. The Brisa teaches, One cup is good for women. One cup of wine is good, it just loosens you up, but not inappropriate. Two, they start becoming inappropriate. Three, they're going to start asking their husbands for, uh, for relations. Four, they'll, they'll live with anybody in the street. So you got to just be careful. Again, and, and by the way, it's, uh, if I, if I'm glad I'm not doing this Daphne shop this afternoon with women. Upstairs, but I would say this, if that's what it does to women, it does the same thing to men also. So men should also probably uh, cut back. So the Gemara says, This concept that three or four cups of wine. That, that more than one cup of wine can lead to inappropriateness, and we try to cut them off. That's only when their husband's not there. But if their husband's there, it's fine, because if the husband's there, if she wants to have relations with someone, she'll have relations with her husband. So we're not as concerned about it. According to the Marsha, we're only lenient to have the first two cups of wine with their husband there, but three and four is a mistake, even if the husband is a shy of wine. So the Gemara says, Here's the shy You're telling me that if a woman... Um, if a woman drinks a lot of wine, she's going to want to have relations. And if her husband's there, it's fine because she'll have relations with her husband. So she'll drink. She could drink in the setting with her husband. The problem is, Chana didn't drink, right? We had that Shasovalo Shasa. She didn't drink by when she was uh, being Eilul Orego. Her husband was there. Why couldn't she drink? Let her drink. Her husband's there. Worst case scenario, she gets a little drunk. Her husband's there. So the Gemara answers, Achsanoi Shani. The answer is, she's a guest. Meaning, it's not appropriate for guests to have relations in their, in, when, they're, when they're staying by someone's house. So therefore, she didn't want to drink at all because she was afraid she'll get drunk. I, her husband's there and she'll be with her husband. She doesn't, she doesn't want to have relations when she's a guest. How do I know that a guest in someone's house is not allowed to have relations? The Pesach says, uh, again, regarding Chana, they went to the Mishkan. Again, they were staying in someone's house. They went to the Mishkan. They went back home. And then they lived together and they were Zaychat Hav Shmuel. You see, they only had relations when they got back home, not when they were traveling. So the Gemara says some stories about uh, wine. So again, we will give a woman wine if she was accustomed to drinking with her husband. Because then we know she has a high tolerance. So the Gemara says, Choyma Choyma was the widow of Abaya. Now, what we know about her is that she had had three husbands. Abaya was a third husband. That's very clear from the story. And she was also a very beautiful woman. Again, beautiful in and out, whatever, however you interpret it. She was a very attractive woman. And Abaya was her third husband. She had been widowed from three husbands. Now, at that point, once you're widowed from three husbands, you can't get married anymore because you're considered um, a katlonist. So the story goes that after losing Abaya, so she came in front of Rava, Abaya's best friend. And Amrle, again, so she's a widow, so she's trying to get food from the estate. So she says, Can I please have food from the estate? So Pasukla, he decided a proper amount, fine. Can I have wine from the estate? Now again, we'll only give a woman a wine if we know that she has tolerance. So basically, we have to figure out, did she drink with her husband? So, So Rava says, My friend Nachmeni, Abaya, he didn't drink wine. So I don't feel comfortable. I never saw him drink wine. So Amrle, she said, I swear, I swear, 
She said he used to drink bags, barrels of wine this big, and she like you know like a little kid like this big, and she picked up her hand to show the the size of the barrels of wine. It's interesting. I guess assuming she's telling the truth, which I think she was, it means that she knew Abaya in ways that Rabbi Aminah. She's saying he drank not in public, but he drank this much wine. When she picked up her hand, her arm, her sleeve, like sort of fell down, and it revealed part of her arm that was normally covered. So the Gemara says. When she picked up her arm, her arm, I guess her shirt fell back a little bit. And the light came into the shul, meaning, uh, you know, she was a very attractive woman and people noticed it. So the Gemara says, Come Rava Olabesi. So Rava, because he felt that he had some, maybe a little level of taiva, he wanted to go to, to be with his wife, to not have any inappropriate thoughts. He wanted to just. To be with his wife. So, so he went home and he lived with his wife now. This is not a normal thing in the middle of the middle, I don't know, middle of the week, middle of the afternoon, whatever it was, but just all of a sudden. So his wife said, so the, his wife said, Who's in the, like, what's what's going on today? What's what's happening? So, so he said, so she said, who was in the base, you know, the Bezdin today? So he said, the Chaima, the widow of Abayah. So she understood what happened. So Navka Abasra, so she chased after Chaima. So, so Art Scroll translates this. Um, she beat her with the lock, with a, um, a lock, so, which, like, that sounds like a. She beat her with the lock of a chest. So I'm going with the. Uh, the bottom of our scroll because the lock of a chest I'm thinking metal it's like you, you break their face so so Rashi uh, it, possibly this was made of leather okay leather it's not so bad she, she started whipping Chaima she basically wanted Chaima to get out of here because she knew that like this Chaima was in her mind like a dangerous woman because she can't marry anybody she's very attractive and and she's like she's got to get out I don't need you around here because you're going to start making men jealous I, I, I can't have this Again, I, I don't, you know, it's an interesting story. So the Gemara says, um, the Gemara says, until she chased her out of the entire Mechuza. Now it's interesting, you also see in a moment, Mechuza was, so why Mechuza? Mechuza was the place where she lived. She chased her out of town, basically. Why? She said, you already killed three men. You want to kill another one? Meaning, uh, we can't have you here. Very interesting story. I will say this though, we're gonna see in a moment, Mechuza was a town that was known for the drinking. So maybe maybe she wasn't like, you know, like what does she want? I was I'm thinking like what does she want Chaima to do? What am I supposed to do? So maybe she just wanted her to leave the city because that city was known for his alcohol. I, I don't know. As you see in a moment, the Gemara says the Bisitar of Yosef Braidarava, the widowed wife of Rav Yosef, the son of Rava, also the commander of Nechemia Braidar of Yosef, he came in front of Rav Nechemia. So he said like this. Again, she wanted a stipend from the estates. She said, fine, got the stipend. She wants wine. So again, you have to know whether she drank wine when she was when she was with her husband to know if she has tolerance. So Pasukla, he, he, he gave her wine without even investigating. Why? He says, I know the people in Mechuzah drink. I mean, the people in Mechuzah drink. Like, it's a common thing. So you don't even have to investigate. It's, everybody in Mechuzah drinks wine. So I know you can handle your alcohol. So it's, maybe that's why Chaima was chased out of Mechuzah Davka. I don't know, it's interesting. The, just the last story before we go back to in the Gemara. The Gemara says, The of Yosef, the wife of the widow of Rav Yosef, also the Kamidur of Yosef, came in front of the other Rav Yosef. Again, she wants a stipend. Possibly I gave her. Can I have wine? Possibly I gave her wine. Can I have silk? From the, what, from the estate. 
So, Amrli Shiroi Lame, so what do you need silk for? The silk was a nice dress, but you're a widow. What do you need silk for? So, Amrli Loch Lechabrach Lechabrach. I need it because of my friends, meaning part of the rules is a widow is allowed to keep her upkeep. So if you're an elite person, if you're part of the elite and everyone, all your friends wear jewelry and fanciness, she also has to, she's entitled, even though she's not doing it for her husband anymore, but for the cover of the mishpacha, she's allowed to stay. So she's saying, I'm wearing silk because my friends wear silk and I'm used to silk, so I should be entitled to silk as well And he gave. Okay, so one of the, <clears throat> the next halach of the Mishnah that was that, he has to give her uh, one of the husband, a husband's responsibilities to give his wife a mattress with a soft and a hard uh, uh, a bed with a soft and a hard mattress. Now they they never slept on mattresses. They slept on the actual bed itself. They would take the bed and they would just wrap it in leather and they would sleep on the bed. So what do you need mattresses for? So the Gemara says, "Mappets and machzelus lama." What do you need a hard mat and soft mat? Demagvila. We're talking about a case where they, 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 they would make the bed spring with ropes. So you couldn't sleep directly on it. So you needed a mattress on top of it. You're right. Most meaning most locations in Bavel, they just took the took the wood, wrapped it in leather, so it was very soft, and you slept on it like a hammock. But in this, so what you don't need a mattress for. So the answer is this is talking about a location where they wrapped it in ropes. So you need a mattress. Okay, sure. So the Gemara says. One Bryce says you don't have to give your wife a pillow and a mattress. Rinosan says you do. So it's a machlaikis whether the husband's responsible to give his wife a, a, a pillow <coughs> and a mattress. So the shaila is like this. Hey, I don't understand. Here's the shaila. It's very simple. If you, is she wealthy enough that she normally gets a pillow? If she's used to a pillow, you have to supply her a pillow. If her family has a pillow, you have to supply her a pillow. If her family doesn't have a pillow, so you don't have to supply her a pillow. What's the machleik is about? So the answer is, The case is where it's his family sleeps on a pillow, but it's not her family's responsibility. Meaning her family is not wealthy enough to sleep on a pillow, they're not used to it. His family is. So the halacha is, whenever he's around, he gets a pillow. When he's not around, he doesn't get a pillow. She doesn't have to. She doesn't get a pillow when he's not around, but she gets a pillow when he is around. Because again, he's the one who who's used to the pillow. So therefore, what's the machlekes? The machlekes where you have to supply the pillows as follows. Tanakama Sava, the Tanakama says that you don't have to give her a pillow. Why? Because he says Because the husband will say like this. Again, the wife's family does not used to sleeping on a pillow, so she can't have a taina that she wants a pillow. But the husband is used to it, so whenever the husband and wife are together, he brings a pillow. So says the Tanakama. So he'll say, "I'll bring the pillow when I come, and if I ever go away for business, I'll take the pillow with me." Why do you need? Why do you have to have a separate set? But says the Gemara. So why does Rav Nassim disagree? Rav Nassim says that's not a good situation. Why? This is talking about. Let's say they have different houses. So the husband says, "Whenever I go to your house, I'll bring the pillow and mattress." Whenever I leave, I'll take it back with me. What do you need a separate for? Says Rabbi Nassim, I'll tell you why. Because there are going to be times where you're going to be Erev Shabbos, traveling right before Shabbos. And then you'll have to turn around, whatever it is, and you'll come, and you're not going to have your pillow with you. What's going to happen? And you're not going to have it with you because you can't carry. And you'll take my pillow, I mean, you'll take my mattress, I'll have to sleep on the floor. So I'm not having, we're not sharing a pillow. You have to have a separate set in this house so that you, because the concept of bringing it back and forth is not a good idea. Okay, so the uh, bottom line 
says, if I go to the next page, in the Mishnah it said that you have to supply your wife with shoes three times a year, but clothes was 50 zuz of clothing a year. Now here's the question. If you have, the Gemara understands that if you have to supply your shoes three times a year, that implies that you're going through clothing that quickly. The Gemara assumes that if you go through shoes three times a year, that means you go through clothes three times a year. So here's the kasha. So you're not supplying her with clothes once a year, shoes three times a year. It doesn't make sense. The Gemara says, It was a, it was a saying back then that was, uh, strip naked and wear, wearing shoes. It's like, you look ridiculous. You have old ratty clothing that's torn, but you have fancy new shoes. Meaning if you're giving her shoes three times a year, you're going through all your clothing three times a year. But you're only obligated to give clothes once a year, but shoes three times a year doesn't make sense. You're going to look awful, but you have fancy shoes. doesn't make sense. So the Gemara says, The answer is no. Normally, if the average person, average city, clothes and shoes will last you the whole year. You only have to do one set of shoes, one set of clothing. So why does the Mishnah say three? We're talking about a case where it's mountainous, and the terrain goes through shoes. So your clothing will last. It's the shoes that are going, because you're in a terrain that rips apart shoes. So why three times? So you need three times a year. So they picked Yomtev, because that's a nice time. But the truth is, you're going through shoes more rapidly than clothing. It doesn't make sense to have ratty clothes and new shoes. The answer is your clothes are fine. It's your shoes that are going. The remark from the other day said that the reason why they did it intentionally anyway because during the summer... Correct. It it did get worn out. Correct. That's also a good point. But by shoes, I guess the shoes, they were were flying through it. So three times a year. So really you have to supply your wife three times a year because they're going through shoes anyway. So the Chazal said, do it on Yom Tif, that we have Simchas Yom Tif as well. Okay. Then the Mishnah said that you have to give her clothing worth 50 Zuz. Now... Zuz, apparently, I, I, we don't really have as, as examples nowadays. There were two different types of Zuz. There was called uh, uh, simple Zuz, and uh, the art scroll actually writes on the bottom, um, Tyrian, from, I guess, from Tyr, Tyre, Tyrian Zuz. So there were different types of Zuz. Um, the Tyrian Zuz was worth eight times more. So when the Mishnah says 50 Zuz, which one is that? Is that the higher value Zuz or the lower value? That's a big difference. So it says the Gemara, When the Mishnah says clothing were 50 Zuz, it's talking about the simple Zuz, which is the lesser amount. Um, only an eighth of the value of the Tyrian Zuz. Why? How do I know this? Because the Mishnah is requiring even poor people to give 50 Zuz a year of clothing. Now, if it's the higher end Zuz, no way a poor person could afford that. Fifty, if, if a higher end zuz, fifty, fifty zuz could be thousands of dollars. There's no way that a poor person can afford thousands of dollars of clothing. It must be it's the simple zuz, which is an eighth of the value. How could a poor person supply fifty real zuz of, of clothing each each year? No way. It must be the lower end zuz. Okay. Uh, the Brisa continues. Uh, again, we had this that if she uh, the excess earnings go to the husband, assuming the husband gives the silver coin. Extra clothing, meaning the husband gives her clothing each year. What do you do with the older clothing, the worn out clothing? It's still wearable, but it's not as nice. She keeps that. 
that doesn't go to the husband's estate, she keeps that. Why? Says the Gemara. Amr uh, 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 Lamala, what does she do with it? She can't wear it anymore. What does she do with it? Amr Dasa. She wears it during her time of Nida. That way, if it gets stained, it doesn't matter. We don't want her to wear her nice clothing when she's in Nida because then if it gets stained, it could be really, really repulsive. So she would wear the older clothing when she was in a state of Nida. It was like a nightgown, like, you know, to get through it. So the Gemara says, Amr based on this, in Almana, the extra clothing that the Almana gets, the worn-out clothing, goes back to the estate. Why? The answer is very simple. What, what does she do with the excess clothing, the older clothing? She would wear it when she's a Nida, because she doesn't want her husband to be bothered by her wearing... She's an Almana. <laughs> so why does she have to get the excess clothing? Let her wear all her clothing when she's a Nida. Who cares? So therefore, the excess clothing goes back to the estate. Um, the Mishnah then said the last the last two halachas. The Mishnah said that on Friday night she eats with her husband. So as I mentioned, there's two understandings of what that means. That either means they actually eat together, meaning it's the rights of the wife that the husband and wife eat together Friday night, or it's a euphemism for relations. And it was just a nicer way to talk about relations. So the Gemara brings out this machlekes. Mayachels, what does it mean that the wife has the rights to eating on Friday night? So Rab Nachman Amar Echelos Mamish, Nachman says the meal, meaning that he's not allowed to go to eat at his friend's house. He has to eat with his wife. Ravashi Amar Tashmish, Ravashi says, no, it's referring to relations. It's just a nicer way to say it. Tanan Echelos Ima Lil Shabbos. So Bishlam Mandam Aichla Hanis Hane Echelos, Mandam Tashmish, Mayachels. Uh, the Gemara says, wait, if it's talking about relations, why did it say uh, eating? So the answer is, Lishnam Alya. It's a nicer way. It doesn't want to talk about it directly. So it's more like a euphemism. She eats and she wipes her mouth. And it was referring to relations. So it's a nicer way to talk about it. So the Gemara says, so you have whether it means eating or not. So the Gemara is Akasha. Rishim Gamalil adds, not only do they eat together Friday night, Shabbos day also. So now, if it's eating together, that makes sense. It's Friday night and Shabbos day. But if it's relations, I thought husband and wives are not supposed to have relations during the day. And the Gemara is going to answer. They could have relations during the day if the lights are off. So it could be it's talking about Shabbos day as well, and it's talking about the lights being off. So the Gemara says, if, if it means actually eating, then it makes sense. They have to eat together Friday night and Shabbos day, the Shabbos lunch meal. But if it's referring to a euphemism for relations, Tashmish, B'Shabbos, Mieko, who has relations during the day? I thought Yisol Kedoshim don't have relations during the day. The answer is, you're allowed to when the lights are out. The Gemara then says, um, okay, the Mishnah said that although the wife has to give certain earnings to the husband, if she's nursing, uh, she doesn't have to, and not only does she not have to supply the full amount, she's actually given more food. Now, the simple explanation of the reading is, it's talking about a woman who's actually nursing, and she gets more food because she's her body is weaker. The Gemara now wants to give a different shot of what does it mean nursing. Nursing doesn't mean actually nursing. Nursing means you have young children at the house, and the extra food is to feed the young children. Now, this is Negea for the following reason. We had this a couple of ago, that above the age of six, a father does not have to supply food for his children, halachically. Again, America might be different, but above the age of six, you don't have to. But I mentioned when we learned this, I said, below the age of six, you have to. Where is that from? It's from this Gemara. It says the Gemara, Darish Rav Ula, Rav Although a father is not responsible to supply food for his children, above the age of six, Below that age, he is responsible. Meaning infants and young, young children you have to feed, Halachically, I'd come until what age? I'd ben sheish until six. So until six years old, you have to. Kid ravasi, dam ravasi, cotton ben sheish. Yoitzah be'erav imay. 
as Ravasi said, we know that on Friday night you make an Eruv, right? The, where, you, where you're staying. Every person has to make their own Eruv. A mother, when she makes an Eruv, she covers all the kids under six. Why? Because they eat together, because they eat from the mom's plate. Because the mother has a responsibility to feed her children. So how do you know that you're responsible to feed your children below the age of six? The Bryce is, the Mishnah said that a woman who's nursing, she gets more food. So the Gemara understands, it doesn't mean actually nursing, it means she's got young kids. And the extra food is to feed her kids. So you see, a mother has to feed her kids. So the Gemara says, so you see that when it says nursing, it doesn't really mean nursing, it means to have young children. So the Gemara says, wait, Dilma Mishum Dechaylehi, the Gemara says, wait a minute, maybe nursing is not because, maybe it actually means nursing. And the extra food is because she's sick, because she's nursing, she's not feeling well. So the Gemara says, Imkein listening, Im Haisa Chaylehi, then just say if she's sick. The answer is, Mayim Haisa Menika, Vidilma Hakamashlan, the Stamanikas Chaylehi, the Gemara says, no, because it could be, it wanted to teach you a rule that all women that are nursing are treated as Chaylehi. Okay. Uh, therefore, we don't have a conclusion. A woman's nursing gets extra wine because it's good for producing milk. So we'll quickly do the Mishnah. We'll do the little bit of Gemara. Very easy. The Mishnah is now going to list the husband's rights, continuing the husband's rights of the wife. Most of this we already know because it's already been listed before. All lost objects that the wife finds goes to the husband. All her earnings go to the husband. Yerushasa all, uh, if she gets inheritance, so let's say she gets, uh, in the middle of the marriage, she finds out that she gets uh, a large estate. What's the halacha? He, it's hers, but he gets to eat the fruit of it while uh, she's living. Now, let's say she gets injured. So there were payments that were given to injury, right? right? Her value, uh, the, the hum- payment for the humiliation, the payment of uh, the lesser of her value as a slave, who gets that money? So if someone punches the woman in the face, who gets the money? Says the Gemishna, Shalah, she gets it. Meaning it's her estate, it's not his. Why should, she, why should he get it? She's the one who got hit. But says Rabbi Yehuda, it depends. Bizman he says, no, no, it depends where she got hit. If she got hit in a body part that's normally covered, she got hit, you know, in the stomach, so it's normally covered. So then, uh, she gets two-thirds of the money and he gets one-third. But, if it's a part of the body that's revealed, so that affects the whole, you know, it's, it's not a good look to have your wife walking around with a shiner, and that's embarrassing for you as well. So then, he gets two-thirds, and she gets one-third. Now, his payments of the damages he gets right away. Her money, what, it's done, what we do with it is we buy land, and that way he could use the land while she's alive. He could use the, get the fruits. So the Mishnah, okay, so the Kasha is like this. Most of the stuff in the Mishnah we already know. My Kamash Malon, I already know all these things in the Mishnah. Tanina, the Mishnah, we already had a Mishnah earlier on. It said, The father can marry off the daughter and can find her lost object. All the lost objects go to the father when she's single and when she's under, under a Naira. Nisses, but when she gets married, yes, of about the husband has all these responsibilities and more. So, so we already know from the earlier Mishnayis that a husband gets all her lost objects, gets her earnings. So, what do you need the Mishnah for? The answer is. The answer is the chiddush of our Mishnah is the last line which we've never had before, and that is who gets the damages, the husband or the wife. All right, we'll stop here. Ooh, yeah.
All right.